Welcome to The Daily Dose, natural health tips from clinicians, researchers, and faculty at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and Health Sciences. Evidence-based care brought to you by the SCNM Medical Center, Neil Vernon Center for Regenerative Medicine, and the Medicinary at SCNM, your trusted source for physician-grade vitamins, natural supplements, and herbal remedies. We're your hosts, Janet and Chris. On today's episode of The Daily Dose, we would like to welcome Dr. Bronwyn Carlbloom. Dr. Carlbloom, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at SCNM? So I'm Dr. Carlbloom. I'm a resident here at the SCNM Medical Center. I do see patients of my own privately, but I also mostly help with our clinical education. What did you do before you decided to get into naturopathic medicine? Prior to becoming a doctor, I was a classical musician. I guess I still am a classical musician. I just don't work in that field necessarily anymore. But my undergraduate degree is in classical flute performance from the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. I actually ended up seeing a naturopath after my undergrad before pursuing a master's degree, and it just changed everything for me, including my career path, and here I am. So do you see a lot of interaction between music and health? And if you do, how do you think music can help us from a mental or mind-body standpoint during a time like a pandemic? I think the fields definitely interact, both for myself as a physician and how I practice medicine, but also as a tool to help heal my patients. So basically, we know that music activates a lot of different areas of the brain, So for me personally, I've had all this experience in refining my technical skills, uh, manual dexterity of my hands, which is really helpful for buying sutures or giving injections. But it's also really helpful for my ability to have empathy for my patients and communicate with my patients, since that is a huge part of being a musician, communicating your emotions and concepts through your playing. So I definitely incorporate it every day for myself personally in the way that I interact and use my skills. But I also think everything going on in the world, music can be incredibly helpful to my patients, to all of our patients, really, both in stress reduction and also in immunity, believe it or not. A lot of what we know about the way that music helps the brain is just by observation. We don't have a lot to offer on why these things happen but we have observed them in great detail repeatedly. And I think the coolest part is is basically just how much of the brain is involved when we listen to music, not just when we play, but when we listen to music. Many things in the brain are organized like a computer by system or by application or function. A lot of the activities that we do require a lot of those things to work together, just like as a computer. And other things just require one single part to function for more simple tasks. But music, we know, activates almost to the entire brain. It is not just the ears and the auditory cortex of the brain. It is the whole brain. A really interesting study that I know of or am familiar with is one where researchers presented participants with a listening experiment. It was a series of five tones, so not even a full song, just five distinct tones. And they presented them or played them for the participant in various orders. So the same five pitches, but not always played in the same order. And what they found was not only were we lighting up all these different areas of the brain, but each time we reorganized the notes, the areas of the brain lit up differently. So one pitch, whether it's the first note or the fifth note, actually caused different changes in our brain waves, depending on where it occurred in the sequence, the loudness of the sound the context in relation to the other notes. So it's not just that we're using all these different parts of the brain. It's really nuanced. They're working in different ways depending on the quality of music you hear, whether it invokes happy emotions or not. What we do know is that music has a very particular effect on the amygdala which and the hippocampus and the whole limbic system, which is essentially the emotional center of our brain. A lot of things activate those areas, but 
music seems to be particularly effective in activating this emotional center of the brain. So when we play pleasant music or soothing music, things that we have learned to think of in that way, we actually see that the amygdala, the area of the brain associated with fear and anxiety and some of our negative emotions is actually inhibited just by the presence of listening to music. And then some of the other areas of the brain, like the reward system that is activated from things like delicious food or sex or addictive drugs is also stimulated by the presence of soothing music. So when we play pleasant or happy music for people, we actually see this happy area of the brain light up and you get this surge of our happy chemicals like dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin, you know, which are actually the focus of antidepressant drugs as well. So in that way, we can use soothing, pleasant music literally as medicine by changing your brain chemistry. So how does that help your immune system? Ah, yes. We actually have some studies that show that, again, this is always with pleasant music, scary movies and horror films and things, you know, the, the particular kind of music I'm sure you can imagine in your head that would cause you to feel scared. <laughs> But when we do this with uh, pleasant music, playing happy things, classical music, or things that we would consider to be soothing, we actually see an increase in production of antibodies in the body. And those are these little kind of chemical messengers that we have or, or memory cells that we have that help us fight off disease. So pe theoretically, people who listen to more happy music have more antibodies and are more prepared to fight off pathogens like bacteria and viruses. So you talk about the power of the brain. Can you talk about what areas of the body might be affected by the brain more than others? One area that we definitely think of, or at least I definitely think of as a naturopath, is going to be your GI system. Believe it or not, your gut and your brain are incredibly intimately connected. I'm sure you are familiar with the central nervous system. That's our brain and our spinal cord, which is essentially... If again, we think about it as a computer, that's like the wiring and the electricity that kind of runs the show. But we also have a nervous system that is centered around our gut, and that's called the enteric nervous system. We have the CNS, central nervous system, and the ENS, the enteric nervous system, and they communicate directly with each other. If we had one cable to connect the two, essentially, we, ha we have that, this direct shot between the gut and the brain, and they communicate through hormones and neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are chemical compounds that work on our nerves, direct connection, again, like the cable situation. And then hormones are chemical compounds that communicate a little more distally, like through the blood. And so our CNS and our ENS connect the brain and the gut through both neurotransmitters and hormones in that way. And basically what we know about the way that the gut and the brain are connected is that our emotions have a direct impact on our digestion and vice versa. So we first kind of stumbled upon this concept in the idea that anxiety might provoke something like diarrhea. And now, once our interest was peaked and we started doing more research, we're learning now that the opposite is also true. Diarrhea can invoke anxiety. And that's a really simple connection, but there's more things. Chronic GI conditions like ulcerative colitis, where we have there's some bleeding issues and, and damage to tissues there. But that sends these alert signals to the brain, like, hey, something's wrong, which produces those feelings of anxiety, depression, etc. So it, it's true in both fashions. Your emotions can affect the way that your GI system works. And the functioning of your GI system can produce the emotions that you experience as well. So that's, that's really cool right now, especially when everybody's stressed out and at home and we have a lot of uncertainty and worries. I'm seeing a lot of changes in myself as well. I've been worried too. I'm still a human, even though I'm a physician. And 
uncertainty freaks me out sometimes. So I've seen changes in my own digestion, but I'm also seeing a lot of GI concerns in my patients right now from this kind of emotional upset that's going on. Have you noticed in your patients in this time frame that they're picking up on things that they otherwise wouldn't have picked up on because they're isolated and they only have a few things to worry about? inside of their own home. Definitely. When you don't have a lot of outside distractions that you normally would, even just your commute to work has been taken away from a lot of people, which can be a a little bit of a meditative experience as you kind of zone out and, and drive to work. But we're missing a lot of our normal coping skills right now that would normally give our anxiety a channel to function through or acceptable things to worry about, so to speak. So yes, we definitely have some heightened awareness of like every little nuance to the bowel movements or every little nuance to our breathing concerns. So yes, anxiety, I'm definitely seeing anxiety bringing some heightened awareness to what normally might be brushed off as just normal day to day feeling. So how does someone decipher between what is normal day-to-day, this is just a change in your body, to, okay, something I should probably be aware of? Something that I'm a huge proponent of is mindfulness. One of the most simple but also profound concepts that we can kind of enact in our daily lives. Basically, what mindfulness teaches us is how to be present in the moment. It also teaches us how to observe our body as kind of from a third-party perspective, which I think is super helpful for learning how to manage both your emotions and the feelings in your body. So if we can kind of remove ourselves from the situation and make these generic observations like, oh, I'm feeling anxious, or I'm feeling discomfort in my gut, or I'm feeling this pain in my elbow, that awareness allows us to remove the instinctual part of our brain that drives anxiety and concern and allows us to enact that more logical brain and think about what's going on. Any symptoms that you are having should also be discussed with your physician. And I think it's important to encourage people, especially right now with all these extra concerns that your primary care doctor, this is what we do. This is our whole role is to talk to you when you have concerns about your symptoms. We'll help you, especially as a naturopathic physician, we will help you work on your mindfulness, help you learn how to interpret the signals your body is sending to you. But we also will know when a referral is appropriate, our offices are still open to see you for a physical exam if we think something does sound concerning. So I think that would be kind of my two-part approach here. Let's try to enact some mindfulness, be a little more logically aware of our sensations and our feelings in our bodies, but also getting your physician involved because that's our whole job is to help you interpret the signals that your body is sending you. So if I have any concerns about going into the medical center, how would I see you or any other physician at this point in time? I speak for our office, our medical center, but I know a lot of my colleagues, both in the naturopathic and allopathic worlds, are adopting a similar model. We want to keep you safe right now, too, which means more social distancing, less face-to-face interactions, and keeping you home as much as possible. So what we're doing And what I know a lot of other offices are doing is offering telemedicine. So when you make an appointment, you're going to be screened just basically for some, of course, coronavirus-related questions, just to get an idea of your concern and the symptoms you're having by our front office staff. And then you'll be scheduled for a telemedicine appointment. So that can either occur, if you're an existing patient of ours, we can just chat with you over the phone. But we also have face-to-face video chat options available where I'm still seeing you as a patient, I can assess some concerns you may have. And then at least as far as what we're doing at the medical center, we're still here for in-person appointments when we determine that they're appropriate. So while you're social distancing yourself, what are you doing to stay sane 
and healthy during this crazy time? I'm playing a lot of music. <laughs> That's always kind of been my go-to soothing activity. Uh, so I play both flute and piano. I'm lucky that I have a little music studio in my home where I can seclude myself for a little one-on-one -on -one time with my music. It's very soothing to me. It provides a pretty literal distraction from everything going on in the world because I have to be physically engaged with what I'm doing. For those who are not necessarily musically inclined, I would encourage just any sort of hobby that you can pick up or immersive activity. So something I recommend to a lot of my patients at the beginning of starting a mindfulness journey is journaling. It doesn't have to be formal journaling with a dear diary, etc. But just something to cause that kind of third part, again, third party awareness of how you're feeling and what you're thinking and getting them down on paper. It pulls you out of that kind of reactive fight or flight mode that you might be feeling with all this anxiety and centers you into, again, you know, an immersive experience journaling down your thoughts, becoming aware of how you're feeling. All right. So I have to ask, what song do we all have to add to our playlists right now? Oh, great question. I would say I'm a huge fan of 70s folk music, believe it or not. So I'm going to say Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. It's a really good song, but it's also a little relevant right now about just adapting to change and kind of staying mindful just about the ebbs and flows of life and you know, time goes on and we'll be all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and talking to us about music and your brain and how the brain connects to the gut. Yeah, for sure. I think I would encourage everybody who's listening that's interested in that gut-brain connection to consider seeing a naturopathic physician. It's an area that we really shine. Since we know that connection is a two-way street, gut to brain, brain to gut, we're really equipped to figure out what your cause of your symptoms is rather than just being on medication to suppress something. We take the time to get to know you and, and figure out your story and how we can best help your body heal. Well, I'm glad we got to know you today. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Until next yeah, time, take care of yourself and each other. This has been Janet. And this is Chris. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Dose Podcast.